Amelia's Jewel's too good for this competition, the first up quarter. Amelia's Jewel, Lane hasn't pushed the button yet, and she's running on. Life Lessons at the clock tower took the front. Here's Amelia's Jewel, about to let down hands and heels. Amelia's Jewel up to Life Lessons, who fights. Amelia's Jewel and Nick Ahan, Life Lessons. Too good, too good. Amelia's Jewel, I think, Life Lessons. Star Patrol, the Emerger, who you said yesterday, uh, that barrier trial was very, very slick. Again, on RSN this morning, backed that up, that he's got very, very high confidence about it. But as we always say, you've got to be able to do it. Something to look like you can do it in a trial, you're going to be able to reproduce it. Star Patrol, 150 metres to go. King of Sparta is finishing hard. Star Patrol, King of Sparta is trying to mow it down with Benedetta. Still Star Patrol, 50 metres to go. King of Sparta is going to have a crack late with Benedetta. Photo finish, Star Patrol. This is Mr. Brightside. I, I, I can't steer away from it, Ralph. I just think it's going to be way too good. Mr. Brightside tanking up a length away. It's the race we wanted. 300 to go. Alligator Blood lets down now. Mr. Brightside Williams has not moved. Alligator Blood joined by Mr. Brightside who lets rip at the 150. Mr. Brightside three columns of length. Alligator Blood comes to you. Mr. Brightside of Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks for checking out our year-round carnival podcast where each and every Monday we review the best racing from Melbourne and Sydney and on Saturday it was absolutely fantastic there at Flemington and at Randwick, saw some emerging and some continuation of some real high quality form as we heard uh, from Matt Hill's fantastic call and we had a preview podcast with Vince Accardi, we had a lot of fun doing it Vince and uh, the, the race has pretty much unfolded as we hoped. Yes, yes, of course, Rolfie, good morning to you. Like everything, you always want more value as as well, but (laughs) not complaining, happy to take all the crumbles. Absolutely. Uh, Look, there's some really good racing in Rarewick as well, but we'll start start at Flemington firstly. How do you think the track played? I'll put it to you by this lens. I've looked at your data and I'm just wondering, was it a bit on the softer side, the uh, the track, than expected? Slightly. For sure, for sure. Right. For sure, not 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 maybe for sure. Okay, so talk uh, us through it. Well, if you look at the early part of the card, with the exception of say race seven, because that's deeper in the card. Those first few races, I know there was a bit of wind around, which does have an impact. But you bring that into consideration. That track was racing, even after the adjustment for winds about two lengths below standard. Right. And now, as we pan through the rest of the day. We ended up about half length below standard. And that's including, which I thought was a fast, the, the race seven, 16, 14 lengths below benchmark. So if I take away that and the first sort of four races of the card, then I felt pretty much from race five onwards, we were on that ground that I expected. But again, that home straight, 195 above standard, probably a length behind expectations. And the rest of that track, this is pretty much from the 800 to the to the 
to excluding the last 200 meters was really i i would mark it g4 so a bit, it, of, a bit of hose work yeah uh, i'll tell you the other little giveaway now i don't know how much was tailwind but <laughs> that race eight up the straight where you know the the, uh, the sometimes the watering doesn't get to oh my god how fast was that, <laughs> that second last race that spread yeah, well, out wide. That's the giveaway. <laughs> yeah, the one thing we get when we get the vision in from RVL, those straight races. Unfortunately, the thousand meter point isn't like in in sight, but probably eighty meters later it is, right? Yep. And we sort of do a regression calculation, and we worked out because I know the initial figures that came up from Triple S was like 10.07 or something for one of the split times of Star Patrol. And the reality is it was more like around 10.32, still quick, because the only horse I've seen break 10 seconds, you know, in a fractional spits black caviar up the straight. Yeah, she was pretty good from memory. Uh, (laughs) That shows you how good some of these horses are going, how well that track is up straight, like you said. Absolutely. All right, let's start with uh, with the Group 1, obviously, the Maccabi Diva, the superstar, and which he genuinely is now. Mr. Brightside, of course, won the race. We always ask our members on Sunday if they want to contribute any questions. Uh, so we'll put this via the lens from Michael to start with. Did Ollie get the pace correct on Alligator Blood? Could he have gone a fraction quicker? So I suppose the lens here, Vince, is that we didn't expect any pace, and there wasn't any. So where do you break down the race from the Maccabi Diva? Well... Damien Oliver is one of the few riders that are all in the same boat. When they're on front-running, natural front-running horses, they don't really ride them with speed. They ride them for how slow we can make them go. But you're right, it was not going to be a race with pace, so why go out and put pressure on the field? Because there wasn't going to be a need to. But that's not an advantage for alligator blood. Never has been, never will be. And unfortunately for Damien, we might have know if we touched on this in our preview podcast it really was never going to make any difference right <laughs> realistically it just wasn't if he went fast or well look maybe if he went real fast all they would have done is produced a booming figure that's all i yeah. think and yeah i don't know ralphie nothing he he could have really done unfortunately he's he's the inferior horse if you're talking to about mr brightside he beat the rest of the field he <laughs> My goodness, mate. Well, that's right. So he's on the second best horse and he ran second. So yeah. Mr. Brightside, you know, the comparison was made maybe by the Hayes boys 18 months ago about better loosen up. And and he, this is what he has got in common with him. My, you know, this is way before I started working with you, of course. But what he has got in common with him, we often see it with mares. We don't often see it with geldings that they keep improving as they get older. And this bloke is just a ripper. What have they done with this horse? Fantastic. Well, who knows, Rolf? Maybe he might have had niggling injuries, other issues. I mean, I didn't like the fact that he had his tongue hanging out. Yeah, that's weird. That can't be a good – I don't know. Maybe it's a nothing. I don't understand thoroughbreds that well. Not from that angle. But the reality was his performance is trending like right up to that last campaign of 5.3. And I just feel he had the softest of wins on the weekend. He wasn't even tested. No, not at all. And so let me ask you this. The last 200 was the best last 200 of the day. He wasn't under full pressure. Um, it's easy to say, well, of course, you'd expect him to dash home at the end of, you know, off a slow tempo pace. But I'll tell you what, if me and you were walking up the street and then all of a sudden we try and out-sprint Usain Bolt, I don't think we're going to beat him. So it does tell you that he must have an unbelievable uh, amount of class to be able to run the best last 200 of the day at the end of a mile. 
for sure. And but when they go barrier trial speed, Ralphie. Yep, that's the context I want to ask you. Yeah, you have to bring that a little bit into play. And we've got to look at the second half of the card, that track being quicker yes. than the first half of the card. I'm not taking anything away from Mr. Brightside's performance, but the reality is you you should be able to do that if you're, if you're a, you know, a top-line racehorse. And that's exactly what he did. But he, he had more. He had more. <laughs> that's, that's the difference. He actually extended, but he had more, more to come. The last prep that, that you mentioned, that 5.3, that was the All-Star Mile third up, but it was an insane pressure race. And we yes. mentioned this on the podcast on Sunday. There was no way that was going to be an insane pressure. So maybe next start is where we get to see, see what's, what he can really do this prep. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him because on that run, you would think he'd get 2,000 metres without any problems like a Cox Plate. That's what his profile indicates because he showed brilliant sustained speed for 1,200 metres, and I mean brilliant. I mean, what was that, a combined plus 10 for yeah. 1,200? Any horse that can do that, Ralphie, they usually have no dramas running 2,000, even a bit more, right, generally speaking, with that sort of uh, footprint. Mile, well, at the moment, he's that's exactly his star status, and I am expecting him to... Um, not only live up to what he did last campaign, but perhaps take that a little bit further. Well, I've got some thinking to do with those boys because uh, that Mr. Volandi's put up five million for a mile <laughs> in the middle of October. <laughs> Pretty easy, isn't it? You Ooh. know, five yeah. million, five, five million. million. <laughs> Hard to miss. So, alligator blood, as we mentioned, no speed. There's talk that he's going to back up this Saturday in the Underwood Stakes. So, he's well, he's only in a barrier trial here. So, why can't he? <laughs> he comes right through on a seven day backup. Osipenko, I want to ask you about him. So, he's a horse that so he's produced a really good mid race quiz, as they all did here, including Francisco Gardi. So, I suppose both Osipenko and Francisco Gardi ran as well as they could under that race shape. Yeah, and the downside for someone like, let's say, Osipenko, that's now three runs yes. where the early speed's been 10 lengths below benchmark or slower. So that means it takes a little bit of time for them to come to fitness. Like, that's three runs, but it's probably only equal to one and a half. Yep. But so, I, uh, well, I, I do feel that now he's ready to make that next step in alligator blood. I love the fact that you said seven-day backup. That's the golden nugget there. Yeah, it'd be interesting if they run him. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about the other rock star of the day, Amelia's Jewel. Well, um, we we just heard you grab at the uh, the start, the intro. She's just going to be too good for this field. Um, well, for those in a coma with Ed, on Ed Tito about the uh, the um, advantages apparently of an inside barrier, here's the is the advantages of an outside barrier when you're on the best horse. Damien Lane owned this race from last. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you laugh at the competition. So what's she done and what can she project to? Did you learn anything more about her or did she just do what she had to? Well, I, the, yes, no, no, we're definitely there's a few things, a, a, absolutely a few things to take away from this, particularly for the form students and the ones that uh, like to use the platform that we have, Ralphie, the racing analytics platform, all get the Sizzler's intel that you provide a full – you know, daily report from Saturday, that's all the data, here's a couple of golden nuggets that you can't get any other way, Ralphie. There's no other way you can get this. <laughs> you can have all the ratings you want, but you're not going to get this insight. You have a look what happened between the 8 and the 6 and the 6 and the 4. You've gone from 0.5 above to 1.3 below. That's a 1.8 negative. Then the horse 
dramatically accelerated to plus 1.5. Now, it's not a high extension above benchmark, but it is an acceleration of almost 2.8. So you lose two, you lose 1.8, then you gain 2.8, so you've got a fartlek movement, and then the horse has coasted over the last 200 metres, dropping about 1.1 length of conditioning slash velocity reduction, right? Yep. Now, you add those two together, this is the 1.8 negative plus the the 1.1. That's about 2.9 lengths. So let's just call it three lengths. So at best, that run could have been plus 4.8. Realistically, it was probably at least plus three. Now, if I use that as the benchmark and go back to two preps back, when the horse produced a 1.5 first up over 1,200, but then went second up 1,400 metres, 0.9 above, and now we match the distance profile, there's a fairly good argument that you can make this horse somewhere between one and three lengths better racehorse. Therefore, the horse peaked around 2.8 that campaign. The subsequent campaign only had the two runs, went to 3.6. A plus five, plus six range is absolutely in this horse's zone and also looks like a super miler. I did hear whispers yesterday. Yep. When I say whispers, someone called me. So it should be a bit nicer than just a whisper. (laughs) That obviously speaks to the stable. And there was talk about this potentially, what my thoughts were about this horse going to a cox plate. Right. And And I... Thought about it, and I said, okay, let's think about this. Ascot last campaign, 1,800 metres, why would Simon Miller think about a Cox Plate? Well, if you looked at that run, and you see the way the horse just was so dynamic, producing 8.8 lengths above the benchmark last 400 in that last run, and went through the first section 9.5 lengths below, you would have that view but that's the challenge, you see. You know and I know, Ralphie, how many Cox plates are run 10 lengths below benchmark? Well, in this case, it would have to be like 15, right? Yeah. But even if even if the, the races run, say, five lengths below benchmark or four lengths below benchmark, even if we said benchmark, right, and you're running your speed, you say, okay, well, you got that sort of finish. But how many are run with a one-section or shape of Cox plate? Hardly any, right? So... What would your horse do if you had to run 10 lengths faster really? You probably can't produce an 8.8 finish. But if you're in a 1,400, 1,600-metre race, you can, right? Because even if you're running another five, six lengths faster, you don't have to have the extension of an additional 400 metres. And you have, generally speaking, a longer straight. So this horse has unbelievable dynamic straight line speed. So... I would say, isn't there a giant race in Sydney? No, well, that's right. Oh, where is it? She she can't do both because the the Golden Eagle will be the week after the Cox Plate. Well, this is what I'm this is what I'm suggesting to you, Ralphie. Yeah, I I know what I suggested. (laughs) Rose Hill fifteen hundred. Well, 
You'd have to be crazy. Yeah. It's just so what, what are you going for? The money or are you just going for the glory? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Take the money. And, uh, and so uh, by extension, we've had a couple of uh, member questions about Romantic Warrior. The, 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 the rule always applies with Vince's work with, uh, with international horses. That comes out when you buy the race, the race speed profiles on a Saturday morning. So we don't talk about the uh, international horses on this. We review what's happened on the, uh, on the Saturday. So we always appreciate, uh, People asking, but that's why I won't. Uh, I won't go down that path. So that was a super run. Geez, the Moody, Moody, and O'Brien camp were, were stiff bumping into Amelia's jewel because life lessons run out of her skin. El Patrius has run perfectly. Cast maybe short of run first up, Vince. Yes, definitely. You could see the blowout late. Yeah, around around one point four lengths in big need of the run for sure. And and the point being, of course, that uh, Amelia's Jewel, they won't have to worry about Amelia's Jewel going forward, these mares. So uh, we'll try and pick that apart for Sizzlers. Right, uh, this uh, this uh, sprint race, Fence, this was insane. What did Najib Sahail do early to break up the field? All I can think of is your uh, your off-stated off uh, mantra that there is chaos theory in horse racing, about 20 25% of races. There's something happened that you're just not going to know about. We knew he was fast. But I've never seen 8.6 first section of a, of a sprint race. Placid arc. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> How good about was Placid arc to get going then? About a plus 10. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. We... Up, but up the opposite side, outside fence. Right, okay. Probably couldn't do plus 10 on the inside. Yep. Right, probably do maybe somewhere near that number, but not that number. Yes. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievably ridiculous! Is <laughs> why? Why? Oh, I could only think he took hold of the rider. I can't think of any. Any? I could not think that. And this rider knows the horse, so uh, we, we can't. I know he's no. Uh, he's, he's not well known rider, but he's he rode him perfectly his previous two starts. So I, I, I can only be on the kind side there. <laughs> but I'll ask you this uh, via via Darren's question, Vince. Uh, because, of course, we were cheering hard for King of Sparta as much oh. as uh, you stated that St- yep. Star Patrol's um, trial was a winning trial. It had to be – had to be uh, he had to put it together race day. Now he did. Uh, but Darren's asked uh, uh, as far as – I would like to hear Vince's comments on the King of Sparta protest, impressed by Blake Shin's summation, given the tight margin of surprise they were so fixed on horses, not touching the winner rolling in, given the margin of winner-taking – King of Sparta, several lanes in, nothing to hear. So, uh, ask you the lens about both performances and Benedetta, but also about uh, what the protest uh, thoughts were. Oh, look, I didn't really think anything of the protest personally myself. What are yeah. they going to do? What are they going to yeah. do? Yeah. No. I mean, the reality was this the handicap advantage of having a break on the competition is the break on the competition. That, that's got to be it. the bigger. Plus was, though, was the move mid-race. I mean, Star Patrol's going pretty fast, 3.9 above, right? Yep. But then that extension, and what I mean in this case, it was half a length below between the 8 and the 4, but it's an extension because it's travelling 3.4 lengths faster than standard and outstripping every other runner in that field between the 8 and the 400. And you could see the impact of that run how much it took out of the horse over the last 200 metres. Look at the velocity drop-off, Ralphie. <laughs> it was three and a half lengths, and the horse actually started weakening from the 400, inside the 400. And, of course, King of Sparta's come with an unbelievable – well, when I say unbelievable, it came with a great burst of speed, but you can't give that head start and win. Yeah. Tro- well, it almost won. It just missed, yeah. And I know there's the touchings of the line, but – I'm always a big believer if things are of intent or negligence, 
then from a protest point of view, it makes sense. But if it's just unnatural and there's just that little bit of movement, what are you going to do? It wasn't intentional. It wasn't like the rider said, well, I'm going to deliberately slow that horse down. Yeah, and, and th- these were two horses out in their feet. In the context, I'll give you this, Vince. So we've been working together for 11 years. I'll confidently say without needing to look it up, that a horse has never won a stakes race prior to Star Patrol on Sunday, running the 97th best last 200 of the day. It's never happened. There's no way. Is it to win a sprint stakes race with the 97th best last 200 of the day? They were stuffed, these horses. They really were. <laughs> and the beauty is both these horses, I mean, King of Sparta as well, Yeah, we got to look at it. It was a three-point drop-off, a 3.2-length drop-off last 200 metres. So even though it's accelerating, you could see when it ran out, it was done, right? Yes. Mate, that massive exertion, you could see the explosion, right? And then that was it. Yeah. So they both come back stunning. And, and I reckon Jason Warren will be delighted that he gave Benedetta two runs because other you wouldn't want to would not have wanted this to be your first up run for this mare. But it was third up. Uh, it, she obviously didn't have the pace to to contend, but she's stuck at her task really well. This gives her a su- super platform because I think they're going to Sydney now for some uh, really rich pop up races. Really? Like what, what sort of races? No, 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 as in the, the Peter Volandis have introduced all these new races. So so it'll be it'll just be a Phillies and Mare sprint. It won't be like the Everest or anything silly. But um, you know, that that plus one point seven, that's gonna that's gonna make it very competitive if she improves off that. Well the beauty is this, I mean, last campaign took a handful of runs and it got to one point nine, right? Yeah. So this horse is absolutely right on target. To and and not only on target to do 1.9, let, let's be kind to the horse as well. This horse also had a this horse was also fatigued at the end, yes. So, there's this won't get conditioning, uh, fitness like the other two, but this will get that enormous aerobic finish, you know, like the power for this horse into the next start in a pressure contest. This horse isn't going to fade on you. Nice. And so if it goes to those big races there and there's competition, hopefully, we'll, who knows, we might be covering one of those days in the review, in, in, our, in our, our podcast, Rolf. Yeah, preview podcast. Now, yep. this week, uh, we're going to do the Golden Golden Rose. It's a super meeting at Rose Hill. Mm. Uh, it's always an emerging ra- race for these three-year-olds. We've been tracking them as they've had a run or two, and uh, and there's some other really good races. So if you want to get the preview podcast, go via my uh, my website, racetrackralfie.com.au. Click through the links for the preview podcast. You're uh, There's only two options. One is if you're a daily sectionals customer, there's a top-up option or the uh, the full option there includes final edition of race speed profiles as well as an early edition on the Friday. So if you want to hear the format, you can also listen via this platform because we always put on free and unedited our podcasts on the, this platform on the Monday. So uh, just li- uh, the same way you got this uh podcast that you're listening to now just uh, flick around you can get both our deep dive on the friday and what we put out saturday morning to get the format of how we saw flemington on saturday right Vince, the coma race race three antino uh let's start by this question jimmy ormond handed up how slow were they going race three well yeah it's really interesting um i just got it just self-interest here oh yeah the power and the the psychology of betting I would have had two losses on the day, bets-wise, right? In the end, I only had one because I couldn't get set on Antino for $1.30. Can you believe it? I could not get set. So I didn't play. So that's – and I go, is this going to be a good day for me or a bad day for me? That's how I was thinking mentally, right? To 
because I, I had a high level of confidence Antino was going to be really hard to beat. So I, I stayed out and then after the event I go, maybe it's going to be a good day. <laughs> so it's now, turn, yeah. So now, yeah. Well, I, I might be a bit superstitious, whatever. But I do feel, think about those things in the moment. All sorts of ridiculous things go through your head when you're dealing with money, right? Money, it's it's a crazy thing. It's not hard to get in the sense that if you know how to take care of it and you nourish it and you love it, right? Like I love money too, right? But it's um, it can be a lethal you know, deadly weapon if you don't respect it, right? Exactly. But the speed-wise, coming back to your speed question, Ralph, is 6.8 lengths below benchmark. It was earlier in the day. I question a little bit about how that condition was of the yep. track. Colino travelling 10.7 lengths below benchmark. Antino, 8.4. I know, buried on the fence. No one took charge of being more dynamic knowing there's no pace in the race. What are they all thinking? Are they all just thinking, oh, well, we're going slow, we'll just sit in our water, this will work for us? Well, this is, the, does this is the classic ride for position instead of riding for pace. Yep, yep. I can tell you if it was a Nash or it was a Bowman or, was a, or a J-Mac, no chance that would happen. No chance in the world. They would put their horse, like, right on pace off this stupid speed. Yeah. And, uh, and it, well, there is a broader question. We, we often say this. Trainer's intent. Now, I know the trainer said the jockey got it wrong, but let's just put it through this lens. The jockey's thinking it's a Turek handicap coming up. That's his grand final. So it's always a risk, I think, and I, I see, see it too often, taking short odds about a horse that's grand final is one or two runs away. Well, here's the thing. They make mistakes. <laughs> they, they do make mistakes, Ralphie, but what happens is you don't get a whole run out of that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so what happens now if they, if they, go, into, if they go into a fast-run race? This is not a good thing for Antino. No, so there's a race at Sandown they're saying in, in two weeks' time on the Sunday, the day after the grand final, that meeting, uh, 1,500. So that'll be interesting. But I, I know one thing, it'll start very short because the whole world saw how unlucky it was. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's a, it's a bunch of maidens. Well, that's it. So let, let's see what we, we get out of that. So, uh, Kalino, what did we learn out of best last 400 of the day off a of slow speed? Not a lot, really, Ralph, yeah. other than, okay, you're tagging at four lengths in speed. It was again, see, even the move in the mid race, it wasn't like super dynamic. There wasn't a move of around seven, seven to eight lengths for the majority of the field, but the reality is it's still traveling three lengths below benchmark and they've left it for a sprint home. Yeah. All about the sprint home. It was a beautiful sprint home for the horse. Broke benchmark, just missed out on getting in the top 10 for the day. I can't knock the run. Uh, Alistair's asked, so we'll, what we'll do, we'll skip the Poseidon and we'll make that part of the Group 1 bonus. If you're a Group 1 member, you can hear uh, Vince's thoughts about uh, Arco Narcho. It looked uh, looked a good horse uh, on the on the day, so let's let's see what the data showed. Uh, you just To be a member, uh, again, via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au, click through the links. Our group uh, 1 members get a bonus podcast most weeks, and uh, all our members get a best of the day sent to them from Melbourne and Sydney every week. So uh, we look after people who look after us, and we also invite you to ask questions on Sunday, as Alistair did. Been following Griff, looked a good win. How are the figures for that race? Guineas, question mark. So what did you see out of Griff in race five? Oh, Guineas, question mark, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, what did he do on the day, and what's his projection, I guess, yeah, is the question. Uh, well, the beauty is overall performance just below benchmark for the day, 0.6 below, ranked 25th best performance. 25th best performance of the day. Looking at the run, it is it is actually, now that I'm just sort of 
putting a lens on it, it's actually quite interesting. Half length above benchmark through that first section and looking at this horse's profile, it's a lightly raced horse. Yep. Uh, that's second quickest that the horse has gone, fair enough. Between the eight and the 400, this horse is actually – I feel like the way it was ridden by Zara might not have been the best, Ralphie, here. Even though it's gotten victory, what I mean by this is it's gone from half above to two and a half below, right? Yep. Have a look at the micro splits, Ralphie. Between the six and the four, 3.2 lengths below benchmark. Between the four and the two, 3.2 lengths below benchmark. So you see the horse has slowed by 3.7, partially to do with the ground condition, the wind condition, and then – there was an acceleration, oddly enough, over the last 200 metres of around two lengths. Why I'm pointing this out is what it is clearly stating to me, that half length below benchmark is a genuine plus one or better. Yeah, and and, and the case for Mark Zara there, Vince, is unlike James Orman from the 600, is in, is it drawn barrier one? He's only looking to get off the fence. That was his only thought. And, so, you, and you can see what he's lost from that. Exactly. So at least he got off the fence and he thought early. So, uh, I'm going to ask you about legacies. Uh, now, two things. One, about the speed that she went early. But two, recalling the old carnival days, Vince, one fundamentally you taught me, big foamy sweat under the tail behind the barriers. No, never a good thing. No, no, that obviously isn't a good thing. Performance-wise, 3.3, obviously a big drop-off in the first up run. Yep. Well, I know that horse went like – crazy at Sandown last campaign, if we go all the way back to April 29. But the reality is here, it was it was a pace that this horse should be able to cope on what it did first up. But yeah, talking about the farm, that was a dramatic drop off last 200 metres. It was massive, Ralphie. This horse just went downhill from inside the 600 to the finish line, lost an overall 10 lengths. Mm, I wouldn't be surprised if she, she rebounds off that, but time, yep, time sure. will tell. Uh, and like I said, we'll have a look at Archo Nacho as the bonus podcast. Let's have a look at uh, at Randwick. Vince, how did Randwick play? Because uh, again, we're having this beautiful weather on the eastern state. Uh, sorry, on the uh, eastern seaboard in uh, in Australia at the moment. And again, we have got good clean ground. Yeah, and Ralphie, I can tell you the last few weeks, it's just been it's just like me going to you know the Ballarat Gold Rush days. <laughs> That's, what it's been. That's exactly what it's been the last three weeks. It's like I must be in Ballarat living in the late 1800s, like when Melbourne got built. I said, I'm building my little castle. It's just unbelievable. Like the value, the value. I just had to say this, Ralphie. The value has been crazy. And it was there again. It was just like I just see gold everywhere on the ground. What's going on? How come nobody wants to pick it up? Right. Yeah. Well, well Kerry, Kerry Parker's owed a bit of gold in Ticket Over. What, what a marvellous trading performance to having missed nearly 500 days racing. Built, built, bang on Saturday in the big prize money race. And, of course, I know who your man always is, Vids, the Slasher Willer. Yes. Now, in terms of the track play, there, yep. there were – Yep, there was a couple of races that were definitely artificially slow, right? Yep. One in particular, it was race seven. But the reality is, if I take away that race, I felt that everything else was close to normal, maybe slight ex- exception to race five, borderline one, but sort of not like outside the realm, that track race, bang on G3, like bang on. And I would say for the rest of the course, we were hard on that G3 line, which is just sensational. I mean, that's... That's perfect. That, that's how I like that track to be, exactly like, like that. 
Lovely. All right, let's get the thinking over. Just picked off Zaki in the last stride. Uh, this was a, a nice progression uh, from this horse. And as I said, huge training performance to get, get him back in the zone. Yeah. This is um, might be a little bit controversial. I've got to be careful about what I say now. But you know me, Ralphie. I'm just going to call it the way it is. I can't help myself, right? Sometimes there's illusions. Mm-hmm. Now, this performance was fantastic, 2.7 above. Absolutely. I thought it was fantastic. Coming off a 14 lengths below benchmark, that's what the horse was travelling at through the first section. You almost thought this was the Mr. Brightside race, right? Yeah. It's crazy, right? The move in the mid-race was fantastic. It was a 14.7 length mid-race squeeze. Last 400, phenomenal, like absolutely phenomenal. And again, if I'm comparing, it was probably two lengths better than what Mr. Brightside did. But mind you, I'll peel that back by saying I felt the track race two lengths faster at Randwick, right? Yep. So we're, we're pretty much even Stevens when we look at that. So the question is this, the 2.7 above, how much more is to come? Which has got to be the big key. So I look at this and say, your energy distribution was phenomenal. You could not have had a race shape where you could have got a better outcome than what you did in terms of the way Nash drove the energy. Have a look at it, Ralphie. We're going between the 8 and the 600. This is how you use these micro splits, right? Yeah. One length below benchmark. He's the the greatest of them all when it comes to this. Six of the 400, the horse is going plus 1.6. Improvement of 2.6 lengths in energy distribution, right? Between the four and the two, the horse is now going 2.3 lengths faster than standard. Another increase of 0.9 in energy. And then the trademark Nash. (laughs) He always leaves something for the end, and he let this horse explode, right? Yep. Plus six last 200. So he had another three lengths up his sleeve. Give me a break, right? But the negative on that is this. I don't believe the horse had any more. And part of that is you look at how dynamic that last 50, 100 metres was. And I know I don't send this information out, right? But I, I obviously, this is just, you know, personal self-indulgence. These races like that, I like to clock most of the horses last 50 and 100 metres. Yep. Right. And then I look at what that did because I want to compare it to Fangirl. <laughs> and they were virtually this is the this is the crazy thing. They were virtually the same. And that's further confirmation for me. Like if you look at the optics, you you could have this initial understanding. You thought Fangirl was like far more dynamic in the finish, but the reality was it was dynamic, but not any more dynamic than Think It Over. But that also rubber stamps for me that Nash did get everything that horse had. There was no more to come. So this is it now. Can this horse make the next step? Now, well, if it does, yeah. Well, if it does, it'll be the second horse since Better Loosen Up. <laughs> You're right. That's if it question. does, yeah. As far as I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the fence, Ralphie. Right. So an eight-year-old's just picked off a nine-year-old, but let, let's use the phrase trainer's intent again. Fangirl set for the Epsom, wasn't set for this. Uh, what What's she done from a mid-race move? And, uh, you know, you've already outlined her dynamic finish, but you, you would expect that off a slow speed. But what you can't see to the eye, you can see to the clock, and that's the mid-race. Well, the mid-race had an extra five lengths. <laughs> yeah. It looked like there was a bit of cat and mouse play at the back as well. 
Yep. Just like it was just like someone was always wanting to tag Fangirl. In other words, make sure you stay inside your running lanes and don't get that space. And that happened for a long way, right? Yep. And then the horse pushed out or got that space that it needed and flew home and did pretty much what you would expect. And it was and it was a high extension, I have to say. It was a high extension, 19 lengths. That's uh, just over three seconds. That's that's super, super, super high-flying, Ralphie. There, that's top end of the scale when you're coming off that sort of race shape for a mile race. You can do more in the distance races. It's not easy to break 20, 21, maybe 22 is about as fast as they have that mid-race extension off this sort of shape. <sighs> Look at the last 400. The last 400 probably told the story, 9.9 above, that you could see it was like a – well, let me put it to you this way. So this is the difference in the di- in the difference between energy distribution between McAvoy and Nash. You could see the tremendous overextension between the four and the 200 of the two rides. They were virtually identical in their speed movement between the six and the four, about travelling 1.6 faster than standard. Think it over, 1.5 lengths faster than standard Fangirl. Then you have the extension in the mid between the four and the two, Increase a point uh, seven, like I said, for Think It Over, but Karen's extended by another two lengths. And why? He's had to do that to put himself in the race, right? Yep. And that's why the last 400, they were identical. Oh, terrific run by both. And Saki's probably the, the real hidden gem here to crystallise where these horses are at, Ralphie. Well, particularly, again, I'm coming back to think it over because this is a very important horse because from a professional betting point of view, the way I like to operate, I can't think for anybody else but for myself, right? Yep. The reality is this. This is a dangerous horse because where do you put him on the chessboard at his next start about other horses and maybe there's something I want to participate on, right? Where, where was this horse? Where would this horse go, Ralphie, next start, you think? There might be one more run in Sydney or they go to the Melbourne for the Turnbull, I would say. Oh, okay. So there's no chance it's going to bump into someone like uh, Mr. Brightside or anything like that? I wouldn't think so. If Mr. Brightside says that my Ozaki will start looking for further, because, but they'll both ultimately target the Cox Plate because that's that's the logical race for them. Not even Zaki? Yes. No hope. No hope. No. <laughs> I actually think both horses have got no hope right now. I'm, I'm being serious. You mean think it over and, uh, and Zaki? Yeah. yeah, yeah, both yeah. those. I yeah. think they're both no chance. If you said to me, Fangirl, we could have that discussion, right? Yeah. But, so that's no, what you, yeah, Fangirl that's what to, is the absent question for me because I think that's uh, that's grand final for her. And probably my Oberon as well is going well. And the, the rider said, just want to get a bit of given the track. So uh, he's probably tracking well. His jump outs were good and, uh, sorry, trials were good. And he's probably third and fourth of the ones I'm interested in and out of that going forward. Well, they'll just need the lap of the gods in their favour. And, and, of course, I'll, I'll be doing dances to have no rain dancing. <laughs> exactly. So I might be the opposite. <laughs> Correct. Uh, race nine, the uh, the shorts. Uh, now, I'm gonna, sorry, race eight, the shorts. Uh, I just want to ask you via this member's question here. Firstly, from Robert. Too many questions. I'm sure you'll answer. It was great using Vince's data at Eagle Farm yesterday with the family. So good on you, Robert. Having a good day. But this one's from uh, from Carl. And this is a real former student type question here, Vince. Uh, I heard Vince talk on Sky Radio Friday about a possible sideways run for In Secret in the short. Just wondering what the data said about how she went and if that changes his thinking on potentially getting the plus six or seven range needed to be competitive for the Everest. I think she exploded third up 
last campaign, 1,400 to 1,200, winning the new market. This year, she'll be going 1,100 to 1,200 if she goes straight to the Everest for the golf. And she also exploded third up uh, previous prep uh, in Golden Rose when just picked off before winning the Coolmore. So she's got a proven pattern. And I will say one thing before I ask you this question, Vince, is that is, oh, sorry, state one thing. From the time she walked back in the stables, she had one grand final, and that's the Everest third up. Well, the way the horse finished the last 400 metres, that's exactly what you want, I, I would suspect. Yes. But mind you, Private Eye also went like booming, and so did Bonus and Arch, which, like They all went like just phenomenal last 400s. But the ground conditions allowed that to happen, right, to get that little bit of an extension. Uh, of course, definitely no surprise to me of In Secret. It wasn't a race that I personally participated in at Randwick on Saturday. Yep. Not for lack of class. It was just a race that I was just very curious to see how certain horses were going to run and wasn't 100% sure on exactly what Private Eye would or wouldn't do. And it was when I was doing the race speed profile, oh, you're in, you're not, you're in, you're not. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to wait and see what you do. Overpass, I got it, understood what their intention were. They had to run big. But performance-wise, plus two in secret, pretty much match what it did last start, over a 1,000 moves, which is fantastic. Yep. And, and you know, we have to wait for the Everest, Rolf, because I'm sure we're going to be covering that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So it's too early for me to truly make a call about whether that horse is even good enough to finish in the first three yet. Well, the thing is, um, if we're comparing last prep to uh, to this prep, uh, second up last prep, just look this up, uh, 0.8 above second up before yep. it exploded in the new market. So there's what, what all we can say from a pattern point of view so far, there's nothing to say it's grand final day. It won't be bringing its A game. No, the only difference, there is some differences in the sense of the way this horse has been orchestrated to use its uh, last 400 metres. It's been like extremely explosive. Yes. Compared to the previous campaign. So, yeah, I mean, fantastic. I, well, I, I wouldn't be complaining. No, let's so let, let's just go back and put a bit more meat in the bones of Private Eye. He is so proven first up, and I guess uh, wanting that Everest slot, which they've now got. Uh, there was there was another runner a couple of years ago, just escaped me. Um, but it uh, it needed to come to play first up. So again, trainers' intent uh, by by winning and being so dynamic, they've now got that Everest slot. It was announced yesterday, so that, that that's always something you got to keep in mind, isn't it, Vince? That uh, that what the trainers want <laughs> and where where its ultimate aim is. So on Saturday, there was every incentive for Private Eye to turn up and run so well. He exploded in the uh, at uh, Flemington last year, and then he ran second in the Everest. So again, he's just produced a high quality th- uh, three point one lengths above benchmark. Yes, and will that horse have another run, or that's it? Uh, I think Joe Pride said I'm tempted to run him straight in the Everest. That's like three weeks away. Four. Oh, four. Oh, right. Four weeks yeah. away. Mm. That's an interesting move. Okay. Well, grand finals. Got to have them ready for on the day in the moment. It's all that. We can talk about it when that horse comes. No, of there are some subtle things that I've uh, picked up from its profile, which we can discuss when, when that day comes. But. In terms of this performance, 4.5 lengths below benchmark first section. Pretty cruisy speed for this horse, Ralphie. The big advantage the horse got was a very, very subtle move in the mid-race. There was no extension. I, there's no question, had they run more dynamically in the mid-race, this outcome might have been this outcome might have been completely different, right? Yep. Three lengths move only. 
beautiful and then just allowed for who's got the biggest 400 meter sprint and who wants it more and private eye did exactly that so i can't fault it no it was super all right well we're 40 minutes in so that we'll wind up our main podcast just fine was absolutely dynamic of course i'm going to ask vince uh, a deep dive into just fine's performance in our bonus podcast so if you oh, need member, to ralphie we need yeah, to absolutely yeah. so if you're a group one member you'll be getting our bonus podcast which not only archo nacho but just fine who was who was terrific as well in the meantime our preview podcast will come out this friday and if you want to get that via my website racetrackralphie.com.au of course all of vince cardi's work via dailysectionals.com.au 